The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. Okay, so exploring, we're going to take a look at one of the poems by Emerson. And does anybody, can anybody give a little intro of Emerson? Has anyone studied him much or say any, know anything about him? Thoreau, they were, he owned the property. Dearest friends. He owned the property that Thoreau lived on. Right, um, so Walden Pond was the, um, uh, it was the property Emerson owned, and then he let Thoreau build the cabin on it, where, he, where Thoreau lived for, I think, two years. Any other things we know about him? Right, yeah, so the, so the, you know, the train had just been built and it went through town and th they were in Concord, Massachusetts, which is outside of Boston. I think it's an hour or so outside Boston. But yet yeah, the Industrial Revolution was, was happening and people's lives were quickening and they were really, um, talked a lot about staying uh, connected to nature and, and, and not giving in to just speed and, and all, all of that. I think it would be, wouldn't it be pretty much the same message, do you think? I would think so. Because we're like, we're, we're ramping it up another notch. Now, I, I had the spot. Emerson. Emily Dickinson. Because they were all, the, the transcendentalists were like, um, Thoreau, Emerson, Melville, Herman Melville was like in that crowd. So they were a very deep group. There he is. Three, two, two. Okay. So um, Brahma, B it's spelled B-R-A-H-M-A. And Brahma, again, is like the supreme deity of the, in the Hindu tradition. And the poem is written from the, the, um, in the voice of Brahma. So Brahma is speaking, okay? Brahma is speaking. And that's a four stanza poem. If the red slayer thinks he slays, or if the slain think he is slain. They know not the subtle ways. I keep and pass and turn again. 
far or forgot, to me is near. Shadow and sunlight are the same. The vanished gods to me appear, and one to me are shame and fame. They reckon ill who leave me out. When me they fly, I am the wings. I am the doubter and the doubt, and I the hymn the Brahmin sings. The strong gods pine for my abode and pine in vain the sacred seven. But thou, mere seeker of the good, find me and turn thy back on heaven. So a lot of, I'm just going to get my glasses, a lot of content in that poem. Emerson has one experience that he writes about in one of his essays where he's walking through the woods and basically his third eye opens up, which is a deep mystical spiritual experience. And his third eye opens and he describes the experience of being able to see in all directions and to see the cosmos spinning. And um, so he's very, you know, very profound uh, person. So is, is there any... There's so much in this. There, there, we would ne never be able to cover this poem in one night. But is there any part of it that one, someone wants? We want to start with. So there was the imagery of the slayer and the slain. Yep. I'm seeing the absence of duality. The absence of duality, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that's a big, that's a, a major theme throughout the poem is he's pointing out that as he, as he says, far, far or forgot to me is near, shadow and sunlight are the same. Shame and fame. So what we normally in our day-to-day -day lives are, are running towards certain experiences and pushing aside other experiences or when we feel shameful, our egos are, when we feel shamed, our egos are crushed, our sense of self is um, demoralized. But if we feel famous, then we're adulated and we're, um, you know, all puffed up. And he's pointing out that to Brahman or to the great spirit, which is again uh, always pointed to be within ourselves, that those dualities, it's the same. It's just experience, it's just the surface of life compared to this deeper level. And, and he, he begins the poem with the, with the words, if the, if the slayer thinks he slays, or if the slain thinks he is slain. So he starts off with the, with the very deep thing of, of life and death. And, and the most intense actions in life, to slay or to kill or to be killed. And that if people, if people identify with that fleeting experience, then they know not well the subtle ways that Brahma keeps 
and pass and turns again. And that's a lot of reference to the, some of the themes in the Bhagavad Gita. Who's read the Bhagavad Gita? You're reading it now? Which, which version did you get? Do you know? Yes, the translation. Oh, Eshwaran? Eknath Eshwaran? Yeah, he's a very good, that's a good translation. And, and one of the themes in the Bhagavad Gita is, well, the major theme is that the, a, a warrior has to go into battle. In, Nonviolence, all that stuff is out of the question because action, things have taken place and there's no other way but the battle has to take place. And the teacher's trying to explain to him, do your duty, you have to, you have to fight, you have to do this. And a lot of it is trying, he, the teacher's trying to help him see the deeper dimension of the, of the enemy, basically, and to realize that they're immortal, they're souls, and the fleeting body is not the end of them. And this falls into the idea where, they, where he says, um, the subtle ways I keep and pass and turn again. So a reference to the reincarnation, that the, the subtleness of existence is that the cycle continues. Whereas if we get lost in one little section of it, so that's a, um, and yes, yeah, so, so the duality, far or forgot to me is near, shadow and sunlight are the same. Now this line, the vanished gods to me appear. The vanished gods, who would be the vanished gods? Or what are the vanished gods to me appear? The vanished gods. I would think those would be the things that would be very prevalent in people's minds. So maybe he means the vanished gods, in other words, we don't see them anymore, whether it's, you know, Poseidon or Jesus or Abraham or Moses and these gods we read about and hear about or Krishna and Arjuna, that these gods, to us, they appear vanished. You know, they're just stories or it's the past. But to, to Brahma, they appear, that they live eternally. And that was also one of Emerson's themes was that he, he, he would remind people that it wasn't, like the, the, it wasn't that the best days of existence were when Jesus walked the earth and hey, you missed it by 1,850 years. So, you know, let's all just think about the past. Emerson was very much of trying to inspire people that this moment is the greatest moment. This is the moment when you exist. This is your, uh, this is your moment. And so to live it fully and everything that, so again, this theme of the vanished gods. So all of the, the greatest moments in existence are all accessible because it's a great spirit. It's not the outer form of it. It's to be able to get in touch with that spirit. They reckon ill who leave me out. They reckon ill who leave me out. What's that mean? Not making the effort 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, if you leave me out, if you leave, if you leave this awareness out of your consciousness. When me, they fly, I am the wings. When me, they fly, I am the wings. Me, they fly. When me, they fly. So Brahma speaking, when me... What is it for? No, um, when me, they fly. When, when me, they fly, I am the wings. Um, wings, like a bird, like the imagery of a huge bird. Enlightenment. When me they fly, I am the wings. Aha, uh-huh, I see what you mean. So in other words, when me they fly, when people are having um, ecstatic experiences, they think, we think we're doing it. So, for example, let's say you have a beautiful meditation tonight, and, and wow, I was got in a high consciousness, and I felt so light and good. So we're like flying in Brahma, so when, when me, they fly, but Brahma's saying, hey, I, I'm the wings. I'm what lifted, I lifted the whole thing up. Don't, don't think it was, it was your, your effort. I was the wings, which is a... a Wow, very good, good job, very insightful. Um, because there's a nice, uh, in one of Sri Chimoy's stories, or he's talking about another spiritual teacher who said, before the teacher realized the, the God, as they say, realized God or realized the self, the teacher felt it was like 95% her effort and God was putting in 5%. But then when she realized the highest, she said, all along, it was God like 99%, and it was her 1%. And so when we look even at our own aspiration or our, our own meditation to be here tonight, because, you know, it takes effort, putting other things aside, getting the effort to come here, and that inspiration to do it. And a lot of times we'll think, oh, you know, it's me that did that. But then this points to, wow, one day you're going to realize that that inspiration was, was a blessing or a gift or just to have that. And Sri Chimoy used to talk about that. He said, he would say, you know, there's billions of people on earth and, and you are inspired to meditate and there's not a lot of people in that situation. And so be grateful that, that you were chosen or that God put that spark of, of fire in you because not everybody gets it. Because there's a lot of people who are looking for satisfaction just in possessions or pleasure and they're, they're mired in it. But you know, what, what, why do we get the boon of, of being inspired to turn inward? You know, I don't know. <laughs> if it's karma, is it past lives? Is it just uh, God's throwing the dice and our numbers came up? This is our chance. 
you know, we don't know, but even though we don't know, we can still choose to feel gratitude that it is, that it does exist. We may not know why, but that feeling of gratitude will keep it strong. And then the last, I am the doubter and the doubt. And so in the, in the Christian world, because he was often writing to, you know, he was surrounded by Christianity, not that he was against Christianity, but in fact, he was, a, I think, a Unitarian minister. But he might have left that. Um, I am the doubter and the doubt. So in one of the worst things in Christian teaching is like, like doubting. Doubting, Th- doubting Thomas or doubting God. Or, and, and he's saying, <laughs> Brahma's saying, hey, I, I am the person doubting and not only that, but I'm the doubt itself. So I'm all these things. And, and going beyond the duality, I am all of these things. And I, the him, the Brahmin sings. Brahmin, in, the, in the Indian philosophy, the Brahmins are the priestly class. And then the last stanza, the, the strong gods pine for my abode. The strong gods pine for my abode and pine in vain the sacred seven. So the sacred seven, the footnote says, perhaps the seven saints high in the Brahman hierarchy, but lesser than Brahma. So when you get into the deeper into the Indian philosophy, you start to read about um, the different gods that represent different realms of being. Indra, the, the, the god of movement, of thought, of the wind. Agni, the god of fire, of aspiration, of these. So these different um, dimensions of our consciousness are personified. And so, and so the strong gods pine for my abode and pine in vain the sacred seven. So they're not going to get there. But thou, so now Brahma's talking to us, but thou, meek lover of the good, find me and turn thy back on heaven. Turn thy back on heaven. Why would he say that? Why would you, why would you find Brahma and in finding Brahma turn your back on heaven? Any guesses? Yeah, the idea that, that, that Brahma, that heaven is part of that duality. Heaven, hell, the duality. So he's saying, meek lover of the good. So forget all of this, this, this um, you know, the strong gods and the high realms and all of this. He's saying, hey, you, just meek lover, just loving to do good, to be good. Meek lover of the good, find me, so find Brahma. And then, and then you've gone beyond heaven and hell and duality and you've entered into the highest, highest uh, consciousness. So there you have it, Brahma by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Too bad our nation wasn't guided by <laughs> the words of Emerson, like the whole nation would study Emerson and make its decisions.
We'd all read Thoreau and try and be more simple. Okay, so uh, thank you all. Thanks to Emerson. And look forward to seeing everyone next Thursday, uh, Tuesday night. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga.